0: New York, big city, of dreams. I'm call, 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 call straight out, out. New York, New York, big city, of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show. Here giving you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And today is a very special day because we're here talking about the Nick's and the trade deadline and to help me discuss the Knicks and the trade deadline, I'd have a very special guest with me. Here is the NBA insider and writer from Hoops Hype. It's Mike Scotto. What's going on, Mike? How you doing?
1: What's up, brother? Pleasure to be on with you.
0: Yeah, pleasure to be on with you too. Another Brooklyn boy in the building. So definitely love to talk hoops with my Brooklyn, New York people. Uh, So let's get to it. And and, and, I'm just, thank you. Thank you so much for opening up your time with us at the Nick of Time show. I know you're very busy guy, especially around trade season and you cover a lot of teams. So I'm pretty sure you're being pulled everywhere. So super appreciate you uh sharing your knowledge with us.
1: You're welcome. Let's get to it. Yeah, let's
0: get to it. Let's get to it. Um I want to start out with um DeJounte Mary, because I know you were the first person I even saw mention DeJounte uh Mm -hmm. becoming a Knicks. Uh we we know that the Knicks have been in pursuit of OG Ananobi since last year and the Knicks were serious about that pursuit because you know they gave up their second best trade asset according to your article in Emmanuel quickly, and they also gave R.J. Barrett so uh how serious are the Knicks about trading for DeJounte Murray because sometimes you hear trade rumors and you're going you know what they're just kind of touching base you know like like James Harden but and then sometimes you'll see the Knicks and there's and they're like serious about I want this player so How do you feel about their seriousness of going for DeJounte Murray?
1: Well, the way it was explained to me was when when they were trying to get OG Ananobi, um, they wanted to try to get both him and DeJounte Murray. Now, what's interesting is um, I think the trade package for OG went a little different than maybe New York originally anticipated. Mm. Um, You know, there had been talks even dating back to last year, as you kind of touched on, um with rj but the difference was instead of quickly there were going to be picks going to uh toronto and instead toronto opted to get a guy in emmanuel quickly who essentially was valued uh for two first round picks in a sense Mm. um in their eyes the way you kind of look at the way the deal was structured um and so now It's interesting because after I had, you know, kind of touched on the Knicks going after DeJounte, you see a lot more reports following that about, well, um, you know, whether Atlanta is really considering moving him or not. And the biggest thing with Atlanta is um, they're underwhelming right now. And with their given their payroll, um, it's not good enough for where the team is record wise. And DeJounte and Trey Young were never an ideal backcourt fit. And I know some Knicks fans have asked me, well, how about DeJounte and Jalen Brunson? Right. I, I don't think it's on paper like ideal as well to like in an ideal world. But what I would say is it shows a little bit of a shift in thinking in the sense that defensively a guy like OG, defensively a guy like DeJounte, it would fit the mold of Tom Thibodeau, and I think more of an identity they're trying to go. Uh, Also, if they end up getting DeJounte Murray at some point, you can, with the way the Knicks are kind of starting to stagger uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, when Jalen goes to the bench, then you'd be able to have DeJounte as, as your lead ball handler and point guard where he thrived in San Antonio and personally where I think he's best suited to play on the ball um, so I, you know, when you asked me about how serious they are, they definitely were looking at him and, and there are other teams as well that have called and, you know, gotten a sense that Atlanta would be open to moving him for the right deal. Um, you know, at his best, he's been a fringe all-star player and was an all-star in San Antonio previously. So, um, you know, teams that are looking to be buyers are certainly gauging, what it would take for DeJounte. And I think now if you're the Knicks, you know, if you're going to get a deal done for DeJounte, obviously you've got the expiring contract of Evan Fournier. They still have picks that they can give Atlanta, which if I remember correctly, it was three first round picks. They ended up giving up for him. So maybe they recoup some of those picks that they gave up. Right. It's three first first round picks,
0: Gallinari and a pick swap.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, time will tell on that, but uh, it's certainly uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. And it wasn't just, you know, like I said, it wasn't just with the Knicks. Other teams have also called as well. Um, so we'll see. Coming up, we got, uh, yeah, we got a trade deadline coming up.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I, I guess that's my real question because they gave away, they got a Gallinari. They gave away Galinari. And, uh, you know, Gallinari is not really a rotation player. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, cool. We have a non-rotational player expiring at Gallinari. In Evan Fournier, but the three first round picks in the swap is what I'm really thinking about, because I know the Knicks have eight first round picks total. They still want to have get the big star, I believe. I think I'm not sure what they're thinking right now.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I well, here's the thing, though, brother. I think well, first off, I don't know if DeJounte is get. I, I would be a little surprised if DeJounte got back what they gave up for. Him. Exactly. Because the value
0: went down, I would think a
1: little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And, and the other thing, when you're saying about the Knicks with a star, well, I think the acquisition of OG Ananobi is interesting in the sense that um, the Knicks have always been linked to Donovan Mitchell, Carl Towns, you know, Joel Embiid, you name it, right? Right. And none of like anytime you talk to the Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell is not available at this point, um, at least as of now going into the trade deadline. So you've got that. The the Timberwolves are playing extremely well with Carl Towns as one of the top teams in the West. Philly with Joel Embiid, he isn't going anywhere. So there had to be a little bit of a shift in in thinking in that, well, if we can't get a a star player right now that we like, how do we make the team better? And it's like if the Knicks are not going to be able to get like a star in in that caliber, then you have Jalen Brunson, you have Julius Randle, two guys that are all-star caliber guys. The way you win and try to compete with the other teams is your third and fourth starters have to be better than the other teams. You almost do it by committee in a sense. And I think the acquisition of OG Ananobi was a little bit of a needle mover towards that line of thinking. And if they got a guy like DeJounte Murray, for example, or another player that was an upgrade that becomes an upgrade on the wings, you know, slash like a shooting guard then I think you're, you're really moving the needle towards that. And Isaiah Hartenstein's played well so far in the absence of Mitchell Robinson.
0: I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm really glad you said that because in my mind, like you said, I'm looking at what's happening. Uh, we, was, we was thinking about going in for Embiid. He's off the table. We have, <laughs> we're looking over at the Bucks. and Giannis signed an extension. Cat, I felt like it was a lateral move anyway, but they're playing well. And then the thing you have, Donovan Mitchell, who is, he has a player option two years from now. And even if you do add him to the Knicks and you slot him at the the two, to me, it's still a weird fit because he's not the best defensive guy and you need a defensive guy and a playmaker and a shot maker, Dexter Brunson, and he's not that. So it feels like, to me, you're saying they're not as invested in Donovan Mitchell as they once were? Is that your sense? Or is this just right now that's what they're thinking?
1: Interesting question. I mean, I would say I think there's more of an openness to, to improving the team beside just acquiring a star. And that's not just Donovan Mitchell. It's it's just given the market. You can't get a guy if he's not available. Right. So they're they're working with what they have right now. Ultimately, is there a world where the Knicks would want Donovan Mitchell you know, Carl Towns, Joel Embiid, yes, there is. Certainly for the right asking price. Um, but right now, I think a guy like, obviously, DeJounte Murray would certainly cost a lot less than those guys. Um, but beauty's in the eye of the beholder for the Knicks if they think that DeJounte is going to fit uh, with Jalen as well. You know, I would argue that that isn't, like, the most ideal fit, as I said earlier. Neither. but But it's different in the sense that he can at least – help make up defensively with Jalen. If you get Donovan Mitchell, you know, somewhat similar to Cleveland, you know, you have a high octane offensive backcourt. But correct. defensively, you're then banking on the the back end of guys to um, even out your defense.
0: Correct, correct, correct all correct. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in that sentiment. When you talk to Hawk fans, they say his defense isn't as advertised. They feel like he's a better defender at the one than the two. Even, although his three point shooting has improved, his catch and shoot has improved. I think his catch and shoot is up to 37%. There's still some fit, some weird fit things that happen next to Brunson. Um, but the backup point guard position is something that I think we should talk about because the Knicks just gave Miles McBride a three year, $13 million extension mm-hmm. that they traded quickly. So to me, this is just me. To me, it looks like that's a sign that they are investing in him long term. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're just, they're just giving him money so you can trade later. I don't know. Some trickery there. I don't
1: that, know. Was, that was like, I, I, it's twofold. So it's, it's at a number where it's a relatively low number if you're going to do an extension. Right. Especially for a backup point guard. So it's an opportunity for Miles McBride to get more playing time now. Show that he can be a consistent NBA rotation player, which he really hasn't had a chance to do. Mm-hmm. So he gets that opportunity. And if you're the Knicks, if he does okay, but you think you can do better, you can move him in a trade um, with some other pieces down the line in the summer. Um, you know that it's twofold. Time time is going to tell. But it was certainly done the extension for Miles McBride with the thought that well, if we have to move him, we can. And okay. we can put him in a trade that makes him attractive enough to another team where it's at a good number. And, you know, it could be kind of like the cherry on top of a, of a bigger deal if it needed to
0: be. Understood. Understood. Okay. So so my question for you, though, is because they gave Miles McBride that extension, does that now slow down the Knicks from looking at other backup point guards? Because for me, when I'm looking at the team – I really like Dante next to yeah. Brunson. Not defensively, though. Defensively, he's been up and down. Like, he, he gets a lot of steals, but then he also gambles a lot and he gets overpowered sometimes. But I'm looking at Malcolm Brogdon over port- at Portland. He was a six-man-a-year six talks last year. We just yeah. traded a 6 man of the year and quickly. To me, that seems like Obvious play is to go after him. So are the Knicks interested in a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, even though they extended Miles McBride?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Knicks are going to do their due diligence on a bunch of guys, and Malcolm Brogdon will be one of them. Um, What I would say about Malcolm Brogdon, uh, he just played recently in Brooklyn at Barclays Center, saw him and saw Coach Chauncey Billups there, and Chauncey talked about how he's kind of been an extension of him Mm. And it's been an interesting situation for Malcolm because they have a lot of young guards in Portland, you know, Scoot Henderson, you've got Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, um, you know, who can be a little bit of a two, three if he needs, if he needs to be. And so for Malcolm, you know, Chauncey said he's best as a one, as a point guard, um, but he can knock down shots. Now, defensively, um, I think he's solid as well. So. Yeah, I'm just curious, you know, do I think Malcolm Brogdon can get one first-round pick, uh, like a protected first-round pick maybe somewhere in the 20s? Yeah, I could see that.
0: That's what I'm thinking. So,
1: that, you know, the Knicks would have to decide if, if that's worth it or not and, and what else they would potentially give up. But, um, you know, he's among several guys they would look at. Um, I think he'd be an interesting fit here. But honestly, for a lot of teams too. Like yeah, is, I feel like
0: there'd be a lot of competition for
1: him. You know, the biggest thing with Brogdon has always been his health over his career.
0: Correct. 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 So so, what other guys do you feel like the Knicks might be interested in as that backup point guard position? If they are looking for a backup point guard? Because to me, that seems like the most glaring uh, need. No, I mean, Brogdon I mean, can you know, get, get better. Maybe we end up not needing it, but...
1: I. I don't know if the Knicks are necessarily interested in this player, but I do expect a lot of teams to call on him. And it's Washington Wizards point guard uh, Tyus Jones. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's certainly a guy that could elevate the, the ceiling of a lot of teams. We saw what he did in Memphis yeah. uh, when he was John Morant's pr- uh, primary backup point guard. And I think there's going to – I shouldn't even say I think. There are going to be a lot of teams calling on him um if the Knicks you know want to look at upgrading a backup point guard he could be a guy um but you know you're also gonna have to pay him this summer and I don't know if you know that's gonna be something that they could really do um depending on how they want to structure the rest of the team so Mm. I mean we'll see time will tell but I I think you know the Knicks to me I'm more keeping an eye on them in terms of are they going to make one more upgrade in the starting lineup as opposed to the bench and I, and I had gotten some Nick fans have asked me well what about like a backup center now like I mean you know Precious is now a Nick and it lessens the burden on them to do that doesn't mean that they won't do their due diligence mm-hmm. um, but I, I think ultimately given the structure of the roster. I'm more curious if they can get another upgrade in the, in the starting lineup at the two, but interesting. We'll Still got time.
0: Interesting. Okay. Cause my, my mind is going completely different. My mind is going back up point guard might be the more, the more of the need than the two. So you're saying maybe who's available. Well, if
1: you're going to look at, at Dejounte and you're going to look at Malcolm Brogdon on some teams, Brogdon would be a starter on mm. some teams. Others, he's a high-level backup. Um, and essentially, you're going to play him starter minutes, even though he comes, like, off the bench technically. Right. You know, DeJounte's obviously a starter. So that's the frame of mind. That's where my the context for my thinking comes from.
0: Got you. That's very interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Um, also, something I want to touch on is your in your articles are the executives and their assessments of the team because um, they – they said that Emmanuel quickly is there was the second best trade trade chip for New York. So that had right. me thinking, okay, how do they view our team? Because that means Jalen Brunson is first. Yes. <laughs> Emmanuel quickly is second. Uh, where do they place Julius Randle? Is Julius Randle then third? Like, how do teams view Julius Randle?
1: Well, I think. Well, first off, I think it comes more down to. Positions. Like, if you look across the league, I would say one of the top areas of need for all teams and what all teams search for are three and D wing kind of guys. So mm. now that they got OG Ananobi, obviously they want to keep him. But in a theoretical question of who would be New York's top trade assets, I mean, look at what the Knicks gave up to get OG Ananobi. And over the years, Toronto passed on. You know three first round picks previously now i always say that with a grain of salt because right. if those picks are in the 20s you know
0: yeah it doesn't mean anything
1: people yeah. see three first round picks and you know their heads explode like uh how, how can how can they just do that right that right hey, well you gotta look yeah. at there's 30 picks in the first round yeah. quickly they, got quickly was
0: pick 25 so hey you never know all right
1: <laughs> yeah no it's 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 true but I mean to me I would I would arguably put OG Ananobi ahead, even though you know Julius has been an all-star caliber guy and and whatnot. Um, you know, with Julius, it's just beauty in the eye is in the eye of the beholder. Um, and I think this is what I would say about the Knicks. In terms of like the contracts that they have, they're all movable salaries. Okay. You know, I I think. Even – and that includes Julius. Like, given the production, I think he's – the production per dollar, well, if still, you want to do it that way. Right. I think it. I think it's good. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, Tibbs has really made him come into his own. Like, this is the the ceiling for Julius. You know, 22 yeah. points. I think at best it was 24, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe at one point he got up to six. But my point being, like, the Knicks have maximized Julius Randle's potential overall. So you kind of know what you have there. I mean, Jalen Brunson continues to get better. I mean, the biggest thing about Jalen is he's a gamer. He's a guy that in the playoffs right. elevates his game. Um, I think for the Knicks looking ahead, they're going to need Julius Randle to do that as well. Or just, you know, play the way he's playing now into the playoffs. You know, the playoffs, is it's a different animal.
0: Absolutely. Um, So
1: that's, you know, other than that, I'm just thinking for the rest of the guys on the team, I mean, yeah. I mean, Dante's a fine role player. Um, You know, Fournier's an expiring contract. That's just more about money and and whatnot um, for teams looking to shed salary. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, they certainly have pieces in draft and the draft picks to make uh, a deal happen. What I would say is anytime there's a star that becomes available or anything like that, the one team across the league that everybody fears is the Oklahoma City Thunder because they have the most assets of anybody,
0: including young yeah, players. In but they never they pull play. anything, so I feel like they're like the boogeyman. Not yet, <laughs> not
1: yet. But but best believe, Sam Presti didn't collect all these Pokemon cards for nothing. He's going to sell them. <laughs> That's why I call all these draft picks. I used to joke with I, I joke with Jalen Williams about uh, uh about that. If if you ever. Just type in like Jalen Williams and Michael Scott a hoop type. We did an interview last year yeah, right around the start of the second half of the season at the All-Star break and that's what he called them. It's like a bunch of like kind of Pokemon cards. You're getting ready to trade.
0: Oh man, I wanted Jalen Williams or the Knicks too, but that's another story. I don't even want to talk about <laughs> But that makes sense. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, all right. Well, listen. one more. I got two more questions until you wrap it up because I know you, you got to go. Um, so to me, it doesn't even make sense to trade Julius Randle. There was a, there was an executive in one of your articles who said that he felt like Julius Randle would be a, a trade chip, but in my yeah. mind, it doesn't make sense to move him because, like I said, we don't have Giannis, we don't have Embiid. It doesn't make sense for me to trade him for like a like a, a guard or a wing to me. But so, if you're gonna
1: try to get, if you're gonna try to get those guys, then. Then it becomes a worthwhile venture.
0: Yeah. So, who do you feel if like is gonna worthwhile? Try, if you're
1: going to try to get a star, mm-hmm. a true like superstar, then it has to become a conversation.
0: Honestly. So, who's that super? I guess, who's that superstar? Because everybody's the weird fit except for what? You can name like a CAA guy, maybe uh, Devin Booker. I don't like how many. Is that the guy that you get for move for Julius Randle? Like, it seems like it's not.
1: I mean it's all it's all it's all theoretical but obviously anybody that's a any you can name any superstar anybody that's of that caliber you would consider moving for Julius I can you know we could list like everybody but look Julius has played well for the Knicks again they overall he's a, he's a fit for Tibbs and they've maximized his potential I think other teams around the league question if they can you know you'd have to use him the way that New York is using him if you're going to get the most out of him but again if the Knicks are going to one day trade for a superstar that would have to be the guy you got to match salaries there's got to right. be it, it it's it's more about that and i think sometimes fans maybe don't look at it that way but no he's he's still pretty he's still paid pretty well so yeah if you're going to get a guy you know like down the line guys like I'm I'm just saying for example like Giannis Antetokounmpo, Carl Towns there's guys that are making like 50 plus 55 Right. Uh, some are even into the 60 million dollar uh, range per year down the line so you gotta try to get maybe not necessarily match dollar for dollar but to get close to that you would need to move a guy like Julius for um, his salary but again this is all hypothetical Hypothetical yeah. and stuff. I mean, you got to always do your due diligence. And I'll say one thing about the Knicks: it, it definitely seems like um, they've done that. They did it with OG, and you know, I don't, I don't know if the Knicks necessarily thought that they would get OG. There were a lot of teams bidding on him, but once they put quickly in, that kind of moved it over the top. And again, it, it takes one team that really values your guy or your asset over other packages to get a deal done, and that's what happened.
0: I agree. Like I for me, I, I know this is a wild card. Or you know Brooklyn and New York, there's some thing, there's a thing there where we're kind of competing against each other. But I just I just watched the Knicks try to sue Toronto and then get OG. So now I'm like high on Opium. <laughs> I'm just like anything can happen. I'm just like, hey Mikhail Bridges. I mean, you I mean, I don't know. I'm hoping that'll I not mean, be-
1: you're not you're not the only one that's that's like kind of put that out there. I mean, I had reported um when they got Mikael Bridges in the Kevin Durant trade, they were offered four first-round picks, and they declined that. Um And so, that kind of gives you a sense of how high they value him. Again, as I said earlier, not all picks are the same. A lot of those picks were would have been probably in the twenties. You know, it's, it's it's a it's a sliding scale, but the Nets think that Mikhail is a part of the solution and one of the core guys. Now, is he a number one guy on a championship no. contender? No, he's not. not. We've, we've, you, see, you see now what it is. Um, with the Nets, I mean, they are in a position where they, they are open for business, and I would say that, you know, obviously they want to keep Mikhail.
0: Um, can he be a two? That's that's what I that's my mind. My mind is. But you're not. at the two, then he runs the second unit. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Oh no, I meant a number two guy on a team. He ain't coming. Oh no, no, no.
0: I'm sorry. That's not what I'm. But
1: like a a three, you know, like in Phoenix, he was like a three, and it's sometimes a four, in terms of like where he ranked in terms of the starting lineup when Eaton was in a contract year and rolling in the finals. So. It depends what kind of team you want to be. I understand why Knicks fans would want Mikhail Bridges. I do think on paper he'd be a great fit. Obviously, the Villanova connection, yeah. um, you know, has been, you know, that, that drum has been banged many times. But I just don't see Brooklyn moving him right now. And they don't have, you know, they gave up picks. They, they've got to try to compete. They can't just, like, tank. You know what I'm saying, so that, yeah. that it looks like they
0: tanking now.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, look, they've certainly struggled. Yeah. Um, but your record, you are what your record says you are. So they've got to figure some things out. They've got their own stuff to figure out. They're gonna have to pay, you know, Nick Claxton, and then uh, just like the Knicks are gonna have to figure out what they're gonna have to do with Isaiah Hartenstein and free agency too coming up. So big decisions looming, but that's after the trade deadline, which I know obviously we're focusing on for
0: now. Got you, got you. All right, well, well, thanks, Mike. Uh, I guess last question: Do you foresee if it's not, if it's not, uh, if it's not Donovan Mitchell, do you foresee any other prospect coming to New York in the summer? And then we'll end on that. Mm. I
1: kind of want to see if they make a trade for a for a two now at the uh, at the trade deadline first, and then I'd, I'd roll it from there. But I certainly think. Just in regards to Donovan in general, I do think after assuming he stays with Cleveland through the deadline, which, again, that's what they've been telling everybody. I do think then there will be a lot more trade speculation for Donovan then because you touched on it earlier. He's got a player option. He can mm-hmm. decline that and move the clock up quicker mm-hmm. towards his free agency, which I would naturally expect. He's a, he's a max caliber player. So, I do think then over the summer you're going to hear his name in a lot more trade chatter, whether it's the Knicks or any team, uh, given given his contract situation. And ultimately, Cleveland's going to have to really figure out: Does this guy want to stay here? You can't lose a guy like that for nothing, and especially given all that they gave up for him. And look at Lowry Market, who's who became an All Star last year. So, lot to a lot in the crystal ball. But I agree. Nothing is nothing is clarifying just yet. We still got a few more weeks before the trade deadline. Think, then things will start to get more serious.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, thank you for coming uh, here to Nick and Time show. You provided a lot of inside information. Um, the chat, oh, okay, the chat, I haven't really looked at the chat, but the chat is is full. So they're excited to see you too as well. So thank you very much for providing the information. Hope to have you back one, one day and have us talk uh, some talks on Knicks basketball, maybe some of my other uh, co-host will be here with me next time but i appreciate you in in your time you're
1: welcome and you got it um it's gonna get ramped up now so probably start hunkering down gonna do more trade calls and everything with execs around the league and um you know i will be at uh the portland Knicks game coming up at the garden Whoa, so
0: uh talks, talk, you, know. you know the executives are talking it's like hey brogdon <laughs> you know
1: yeah. yeah and i mean I love Scoot Henderson. I mean, that's my guy. I've seen him from uh, G League night. I went to go see him and interview him last year at the showcase. So cool. um, Portland's going to be an interesting team. Certainly guys will look at Jeremy Grant as well. Yeah. Um, teams that need like a four. Um, so, you know, they'll they'll be in – there'll be some action there. But uh, Brogdon certainly, I would say, is, is – the most prevalent name with portland for
0: sure absolutely absolutely leon get on that call i know you're looking for DeJounte, but i'm looking for brockton all right that is our show guys uh thank you guys for watching and um you know what you you can click out because i know i see some super chats and i want to read it out read them and i'll just okay. communicate with the chat but i appreciate you mike take
1: care all right you take care of-
0: yeah Mike Scotto in the building. How'd you like the interview? That was that gave me some insight. That gave me some insight. That gave me some insight to what the Knicks are thinking. Uh my my wrap up of that interview really to me, it just says that the Knicks are really looking to bolster their starting lineup and not so much their bench. Um that's the, the biggest piece I've gotten. From the talk of Michael Scotto. So it is DeJounte Murray. Uh, there's other teams in, interested in DeJounte Murray. Malcolm Brogdon is a possibility. But, um, but even the Malcolm Brogdon thing might be like a starting two guard situation. I'm not sure if that's even a high usage bench player. So interesting. It'll be interesting. DeJounte Murray, he can be traded as soon as tomorrow. So. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, we might see the Jante trade tomorrow. If you liked it, yo, if you liked the interview, hit that like button and share it. Share it to your share to your friends. Share it to your Knicks fans and tell Knicks fans everywhere uh, that this uh, this is the place to be. The Nick of Time show for your Knicks content. All right. So salute to everybody in chat, old and new. Shout out to the day ones who've been holding me down, helping us get guests here, helping us build our credibility slowly but surely. Uh, appreciate the day ones in here, Fritz, Alexander, Gaming Channel, East Brew, uh, Knicks are nice, uh, all the elite, all all, all the, the day ones, and also shout out to all the new guys who haven't been here before, uh, shout out to Harlem CEO, shout out to Knicks are nice, shout out to everybody who, who's too shy to chat, put something in the chat, but shout out to you as well, shout out to Robert Rivera Jr., uh, shout out to Big Nick Energy, and everybody else rocking with the KOT show. All right. And shout out to Robert Parris, who sends a 499 super chat. Gunshots to you, who says, um, given Mitch being injury prone and I heart may not fit financially, is Claxton someone to look at? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even see that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't even see that. Uh, I forgot to. Damn, I forgot to ask the iHeart question. I forgot to ask the iHeart question. Mm, sorry, I missed that, Robert, but I appreciate it. I was I was too into the conversation. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, We will be back for the next post game show on Tuesday versus the Portland Trailblazers. So definitely check that out. And um, I will be away for a few days, but my crew will be holding it down. So shout out to Ryan G, Lee Escobedo and Ebony. They should be holding on the post game shows while I'm away for the next three games after that Portland game. And then I'll be back. But um, yeah, thank you guys for watching. Uh, i gotta get it to work <laughs> but that is that show that's our show we out of here see you next time peace new york big city your dreams' coming coming straight out out new york big city your dreams